Oh, hello? Oh, yeah! Ooh! <laughs> you good? <laughs> I couldn't hear anything in my oh, uh, headphones for you gotta, a second. You gotta jiggle it. I did. Okay. I fixed it. This is the thing that drives Ben Professional insane. Professional podcasting, where the solution <laughs> is jiggle it. There's there's an episode of the Dudecast where Ben was getting irritated with his headphone, and I and I told him, you gotta jiggle it. I didn't even realize I had been saying that to him over and over again for several episodes, and Chris is like, you know he's doing this to mess with you, and I was like, I, I, I guess I am. I don't know. <laughs> you really are. Just, just you really do have to jiggle That's it. what I said. It's like, <laughs> that's the only solution. It's like unplugging and plugging back in the router. It's the dumb advice. Yeah, that- well, it's, it's so the, like, the, the, the plug of the headphones that fits in. Yeah. It just, like, it doesn't quite... It fits, it's but it has poor, to be aligned a specific way. It's poorly machined. Yeah, so you just, it has to, you have to, like, rotate and jiggle yeah. it until it works and then not touch it and pray. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this is not how I want to fill our time. No. We need um, several more minutes of, oh, yeah! No, no, no. No? <laughs> no. We're not going to start like that? No. Oh, mm, okay. I think the 30 seconds of oh, yes, we had are perfect. Oh, yeah! Mm, now that's too much. I like the We're going to have to cut one out. <laughs> uh, yeah, engineer, I, go back and remove that, please. <laughs> Speaking of being professionals, I just wanted to briefly acknowledge you and say I'm glad you put a shirt on because we wouldn't want anyone to hear your partial nudity. <laughs> it's a family show. It's not a family show. I don't think I've ever recorded the podcast without a shirt on. I don't actually. think you have either. No, it doesn't feel right. I, don't I think know it's why. funny that you're more comfortable doing work meetings without a shirt on yeah. than the podcast. Yeah, I I do. It shows where your priorities lie. I think it has something to do with just like this is like a, a more uh, honest expression of my personality. And if I'm going to yeah. make weird jokes, I don't also want to be semi-nude. Too vulnerable. Too vulnerable. Got it. Right. I need a layer of cloth to make me feel safe. Speaking of... Feeling vulnerable? Um, okay. We watched Tusk last night. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, which will be I'll be discussing with my movie group later today. Mm-hmm. Um, that movie is super weird. Yes. Um, super weird, and I super liked it. Yeah, so I, it did not get good reviews when <clears throat> it came out. Right. Um, I sort of feel like Kevin Smith always gets kind of like yeah, both ends so of the review stick. <laughs> So there's this thing with Kevin Smith where he's always been like a, when he started, he was a very do it yourself guy. He didn't necessarily know how to do anything. He just went in and did it because you could do that. Right. And he decided to. And that's what he wanted to do. And he made it happen. And the movies he makes aren't like they're not classic cinema. Yeah, right. They're, you know, they're they're, they're crass and they're like him and his friends and. Uh, you know, it became, he made it a thing. Right. Because he wanted to, and because, like, he could and he did it. And I think that's impressive. I do, too. I always like Kevin Smith stuff. I always thought it was funny. It's my sense of humor. Right. I enjoy it. I know it's not everyone's thing, but I think he gets shit on in this particular way. Yeah. Where it's, like, professionals are like, oh, Kevin Smith. Yeah, right. And it's like, well, fuck you. He made a movie. Like, you made a movie. Who the fuck cares? And it's not like it looks like he filmed it, like, in his basement or yeah, something. Right. Like, it's a movie. He, he. The other thing is, when we saw him speak at Stamba, one of the interesting things is he's like, you know, I, 
I'm not like the kind of filmmaker that knows what all my lenses are. So sometimes right. I'll like rely on my director of photography and be like, okay, what's the right lens for this shot? And I think <laughs> stuff like that makes people think he's just like not serious. I remember a specific story he told once about um, working with Bruce Willis and yeah, right. going to like the director of photography and being like, okay, so I want the shot, the one where it's like wide angle and you zoom in and you get this. And Bruce Willis is like, you don't know what your lenses are called. Yeah. And was like insulted by the fact that Kevin Smith as a director didn't know this. <laughs> but there are other people whose job that is. Yeah. And if that wasn't his passion to learn that, whatever. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you think he's the most professional. The movie got made. <laughs> exactly. And they always look good. Yeah. His movies, I mean, aside I, from, I think like, it's just Clerks. Like, I, I, kind of how it's, like, fun to shit on Nickelback and Guy Fieri. Yeah. I think for certain people, it's fun to shit on Kevin Smith. Sure, I think so. Um, Maybe that's why that movie partly didn't go well or do well. Yeah. Also, it's a weird, uncomfortable movie. <laughs> it's campy, which is Kevin Smith shtick, uh -huh. you know? And then... It's also grotesque. Super grotesque. But I am surprised that I didn't hear more about it specifically or, like yeah. you said, see screenshots yeah, of like, certain things. How have I never seen the walrus figure? Yeah. Because that's such a shocking sight. Yeah. I can't believe it didn't make its rounds on the internet. Yeah. <sighs> oh, it was a good movie. It was, it was fucked up, but good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> what else do we got? You took a four-day weekend and have been beating yourself up, yeah. cutting down bushes. I'm and so tired. Putting our garden in. and I'm so tired. But Meanwhile, I've been inside doing nothing but eating bonbons. <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. No. But I'm excited because we have our Joe Para-style bean arch now. Yes. Now we just have to plant our beans I'm or so our sugar snap peas, I should say. For the pea arch. It's a pea arch. I'm we could plant some him. beans, too. We could. Yeah, I, I was kind of still wanting to do that. Remember that guy? The dude with the bean collection? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I still want to buy beans from that guy. So do I. Um, we don't even necessarily have to buy that many, but we really should buy some. I don't right. know if... Let's buy some beans. I don't know if there's, like, a time that those grow better than, like, right. if they're, like, kind of, like, know. a summer vegetable or what. They're You'll not really a vegetable. have to do some research. They're legume. a legume. <laughs> But yeah, it'd be nice to like buy something like that for the garden. Uh, we actually we have twice the space that we normally have. Yeah, and it's, you put it in a new bed. Yeah, and it's not going to be full um, when I plant all that stuff. So I really do have to think about like what I might want to put in there that I don't already have, and maybe buy some fully grown plants outside of the, my seedlings. You know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm still figuring that out. Um, we, but I'm exhausted. We got a new toy. We did. You mean the string trimmer? <laughs> the my one that's weed whacker. Just, just my size. It's my size. It's just the right size for me. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we needed that. How do you have a lawn for like six years and not ever string trim the edges of it? Uh, you end up with trees growing in your fence. Yeah, right. Which is what I... Okay, so this happened because I decided I'm going to be more invested in the lawn. I've been doing... Yard work projects, too. And I uh, sat down after a night of doing some yard work stuff and looked at the yard and saw all the weird little trees growing up that we just never dealt with. Yeah. And 
something happened inside of me. Yeah, you broke and, a little bit. And I broke, and that began the, my war with the trees. <laughs> and I like came inside, I went into your office, and I was like, you have to promise me that we're going to do something about these goddamn little trees. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only solution, naturally, was to go out with a reciprocating saw at 8 o'clock night at night and cut them all down, because you were so disturbed by them. I was very upset. I'm still very upset buy them but they're gone so <laughs> now now we have a weed <sighs> whacker that's just my size it's just my size what's the brand ryobi yeah we got all the ryobi shit and it's like the the smallest cheapest one that uses mm-hmm. like the batteries like the same charger different bra- battery is what we have it's lightweight it's easy it's, to use it looks and feels like a toy right it really does but, it but it's very easy yeah. and i won't get tired from i mean i won't get completely exhausted just from using it yeah around the yard so uh the, the there's a i mean like every other one they had is like this gigantic you know, aluminum pole sort of thing yeah you just need to unnecessary like... and i would not i probably wouldn't end up using them right because it would be difficult and unwieldy and so that was fun that was my thinking is let's get something that's like the right size just my size just my size um do we have anything else i baked a pie you baked a pie I baked a strawberry rhubarb pie. A pretty, pretty pie. For my dad's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think to myself, you know what I want to do? Be very stressed. Let me bake something complicated from scratch. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not naturally a baker, but I decided a while ago I want to get good at baking. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that things you need to be good at to get good at baking are things I am naturally very bad at. I don't know if that's true. It's true. Like time management skills, yeah. uh, remembering steps, following directions to a T. Like I'm a natural cook. Yeah. I want to um, throw things in, improvise. Get jazzy with it. Yeah. I am not good at following things precisely, knowing what things I can change that will not affect something important. and right. And... Even if I do want to change that, how it will affect it, I don't know all of that yet. That comes with time. and and I don't like remembering the steps. I cannot do. Yeah. So it's like this is what it is. It's opening my phone, checking the directions, shutting my phone, immediately forgetting what I've read, <laughs> yeah. opening my phone, I getting distracted by the group chat, check the directions, immediately forget what I read, open my own <laughs> a loop the entire time I'm trying to make something. You know, just print the goddamn thing. That's what I have to do. That would be the easy solution. I'll take a recipe and print it, and I'll have it laying on the counter. That's the correct thing to do. You need some strategies. I have a smartwatch and a (laughs) phone full of strategies. Right. Just not specifically for bacon. A piece of paper that doesn't go anywhere and doesn't turn into a group chat or turn into something else. But it's not technology. It doesn't have to be. God damn no, it. That's true. Paper no, is printing, not going anywhere. Printing a recipe would be better in this situation. Yeah. It works for me. I will do that anyway. next time. Makes things easier for me. But you know what I want to do now? I'm assuming you want to play a game. I do. Oh, hell yeah. Well, uh, you're in luck because I just you're happened. You're in luck. <laughs> you're in. <laughs> uh, you, you're in luck because I happen to have prepared a game for us to play. Well, gee willikers. Let's play. All righty, let's go. It's a game called Truth and News. Ah! 
you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me why you wouldn't happen to mean? It's time for truth and truth. Time to play truth and truth. Everyone's playing. Everyone's playing a famous game. Famous game. The game that's taking the internet by storm. A Merv Griffin production. All right. What are you what are you looking at? I don't know where Leroy is. Yeah, he walked off. He just toddled off. Okay, <laughs> toddled. Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I probably should be more concerned about it, but the fact that he's <laughs> not making noise is so good that I, I'll just take that. <clears throat> um so anyway, are you ready to play Truths and News? Yes. Okay. Would you like me to tell you what it is? Yes, I would. All right. <clears throat> Gosh, I'm so snotty today. I apologize. Truths and News is a game, an internet game, a news game, a news internet game, a game of news on the internet, a game full of news stories that came from the internet, except some of those stories didn't come from the internet because some of those stories are false stories. I made those stories up. They're false stories. They're the news. The other stories are the true stories. One of those stories is a true story. That's called the truths. You have to determine which of the stories are the true stories and which of the stories are the news stories with a reminder that only one of them is true and two are news. That was very weird, but very good and very fast. <laughs> I decided to kind of, you know, like Accentuate freestyle. a couple things. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to freestyle it. Now, I have a question. Yeah. Is this a game from the internet? Because it wasn't clear. <laughs> Why, let me tell you. Yes, it is. In fact, a game from the internet. All the stories, except uh, the two stories that I made up, those stories didn't come so from the internet. So the majority of the stories, stories aren't now, from the internet. <laughs> no, yes. One of the stories is from the internet. That, one of those stories is the true story. That one came from the internet. The other two stories are stories that came out of my head because those are false stories or news. Okay. I think I'm ready to play. Are you sure you wouldn't like me to explain it again in a slightly I different am way? So sure. All right. Let's just move on then. Number one, in an attempt to win a race, nobody <laughs> else is running. Uh, Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu suggests the country will attempt to clone humans from the 3,000 year old remains of Scythian warriors found in the Russian permafrost. All right. Number two. My pillow guy, Mike Lindell, takes his ambitions a step further than anyone expected, announcing plans to run for the president of the United Nations and liberate America with the full force of the international community. <sighs> and number three, not satisfied with autonomous driving, a tech startup named Cabby is attempting to develop a remote driving solution, which allows you to sit in your car while a driver pilots your vehicle over the Internet. All right. <clears throat> you want to recap? Yes. Okay. Story number one. In an attempt to win a race, nobody else is running. Russian Defense Minister Sergei Shoigu suggests the country will attempt to clone humans from the 3,000-year-old remains of Scythian warriors found in the Russian permafrost. Number two, my pillow guy, Mike Lindell, takes his ambitions a step further than anyone expected, announcing plans to run for the president of the United Nations and liberate America with the full force of the international community. And number three, not satisfied with autonomous driving, a tech startup named Cabby is attempting to develop a remote driving solution, which allows you to sit in your car while a driver pilots your vehicle over the internet. All right. What do you think? <clears throat> what are you thinking? What's your gut telling you? Well, first I got to give mine. Oh, yeah, right. 
Number one. You know what's a good idea? Clone angry frozen Russian warriors. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea. Number two. United Nation of pillows. Here we come. <laughs> crappy, crappy pillows. Shitty pillows. Number three. Grand Theft Auto cabbie. <laughs> GTA Gabby. Yeah. I like it. Um okay. It's hard. It's it's difficult. I'm yep. going to say number 2 is the true one because I feel like that's something he would try to do. Mike Lindell, the my yes. pillow guy, run for president of the of UN. United Nations. Something he is completely unqualified for but would right. absolutely think that he could do. Right. Right. Yeah. Um that is not a true story. However, I'm almost certain that guy's going to launch a, a bid for president. Yeah, it seems like, and, and yeah, yeah, he's, he's got ambitions, He's like right? gearing up, yeah. God, he's so dumb. He's so amazingly dumb. What's the true one? The true story is that Russian Defense Minister <laughs> Sergei Shoigu has suggested maybe we could maybe clone people out of Scythian warrior remains found in the permafrost. That is a true story and pretty alarming. Um, most of the time, you know, at the at that level, you know, politicians or maybe not politicians, I guess he's a bureaucrat more accurately, don't like float the idea of human cloning like that. Right. Um, and what would even be the point, I guess? Like you're going to essentially just get people. Yeah, I mean, they're not necessarily. I mean, we've changed in 3000 years, but like. Right. Not so much. Like also like warriors. It's not <sighs> like they sure there are people who may have like a build mm -hmm. that like lend themselves to being physical. Yeah. More than others, but like it's not like you get a full-grown warrior. Right. Like does Russia think they're going to get like an army of clone warriors. Like, you think it's a clone, like, in cartoons where you just, it just comes out as an adult exactly with the characteristics yeah. and personality of the one that you had. Right. Does it, it just you don't have to, like, a... it doesn't have to, like, be a baby first. Yeah, it walks out of a tube covered in, like, bones and, like, swords. It has, like, some kind of leather, like, garments and... Yeah. Armor. Uh, I, I feel like maybe that's what he thought. So he said basically something like, we don't know what we can do with it. Maybe not quite Dolly the sheep, but who knows? <laughs> like he was basically kind of suggesting, like he didn't quite say, yes, we're going to try to make a clone army. Which, by the way, is what the Empire does. Right. That's what the bad guys do. Don't clone warriors, Russia. The bad guys do that. Like, A, it doesn't work that way in real life. Yeah. And B, just like, just, we haven't really dealt with all of the ethical quagmire that comes with cloning things, so maybe don't do that. You ever wonder if they've already done it somewhere? Oh. Um, I feel like China's already made a person. I feel like. Or several attempts. I feel attempts. like people have probably at least tried. I don't know that they've been successful, but right. I'm, I'm sure there's it's like that, trials going on that haven't been talked about. It's like that guy we did an episode on way back who, like wanted to swap heads on bodies. Yeah. And he just like, his name was Canavero, I think. And yeah. Uh, he, you know. Unbelievable uh, that that shit actually happened and had some funding. Yeah, right. I don't think he's successfully done it yet. No, it no. Probably won't really. No. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like way, way, way too difficult. Um, 
but anyway, yeah, no. So that's a real thing that uh, that's a that's a <laughs> that's a real thing that the Russian defense minister said. We're gonna make uh, something resembling a clone out of dead warriors found in the permafrost. Perma, perma permafrost. He said it like that. <laughs> found in the permafrost. Found in the permafrost. Uh, <laughs> it's only a cowboy. He's an old timey prospector. <laughs> yeah, Polymer. There's, there's DNA in them. Thar hills. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, that's a real thing he said. Weird. Um, but anyway, that's it. That's Drew's News. Um, and in the interest of keeping this train on the tracks, why don't we take a little break here? All right. And then when we come back, you can tell us what we're talking about. Will do. All right. Sounds good. We'll take a break. (laughs) And be right back. And we are back. And we're back. Uh, it is the main segment of the episode time. Yes. Oh, I still have a whole mug of coffee, thank God. Glorious. So I, mm. as I was doing the end of the research for this, I started having this weird paranoia and feeling of deja vu that maybe we've done this before, but I don't <laughs> think we have. But we have. So the topic is... Personality tests. I figured it might be when you asked me what my personality type was. Yeah. I thought that that might be connected. Yes. Uh, and, so, and that's what kind of why I wanted to get a test in before we started, because <laughs> I, I just had a feeling that it would be important. I have a feeling. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So personality test. Now, are you focusing specifically on the Myers-Briggs or nope. different versions of We're doing it. a couple different things. Nifty. So we're talking personality tests and predictors here. And I, as humans, mm-hmm. to generalize, and ha ha ha, I'm a real human. <laughs> real human, Christy Davenport. We often want to understand ourselves and why we do what we do and our place in the universe and society. Mm-hmm. And there have always been ways to generate this information and answer those questions, some more valid and scientific than others. Mm-hmm. And today I want to discuss some of these methods of varying levels of pseudoscience. Okay. Um, so first, there's things like palm reading and hand descriptions. Nice. So I took a little BuzzFeed quiz. Okay. You read your, your palm through BuzzFeed? Yeah, it asked questions about like, oh, crap, I'm going to have to do it again because it didn't say my results. But oh, no. I, I can do this real quick here. <laughs> okay. So what size are, is your hand? Small, large, average. Yeah. I chose average. What are the pro- proportions? I have a long palm and long fingers. Um, how long are your index and ring finger? My uh, index finger is taller mm-hmm. or my ring finger is taller than my index finger. Mm, mine too. Uh, which pattern most closely ma- closely matches the majority of your fingerprints? Loop, whirl, or arch? Mine are mostly loops. Mm. Uh, which lines on your hand are most prominent? Mine were my heart and my head lines. Okay, I don't know what those are. I I, I was gonna have you take the test, but it's right. I feel like for the matter of time, sure. There are other things I did involve you in. <laughs> um. 
so this result says I'm disciplined. As someone who's very disciplined, you're used to saying no a lot, especially to distractions. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> they keep you from achieving your goals. You live life on the straight and narrow with your eye always on the prize. It's not to say you're no fun, however. Quite the quant. Contrary, <laughs> quite, the, quite the contrary, your self-discipline leads you to forego cheap thrills and reap long-term rewards instead. Okay. I feel like somewhat true, but it's... Much like horoscopes, there's something Generic for enough that, yeah. yeah. Most people yeah. can actually... It's actually, I would love to see a study on that, and I bet they've done <laughs> it somewhere. Mm. I would love to see people asked to identify with a whole bunch of different statements and how often they contradict themselves in doing it. I, I don't know that I've seen a formal study on this, but I have seen a YouTube video in yeah. which like a group of people were all given like a horoscope and all different sides and they all were given the same horoscope and they yeah. all said it fit. Right. Or like not, maybe not horoscope, but like personality description, like, yeah, like Zodiac description. I think it's part of like the plasticity of your personality that you can identify right. with most things, even if you're not those things all the time. Right. And this is the thing that'll come back, which is like generic information that you can relate to. Right. Anyone can find something in it. So. Okay. The next on the list, so this is kind of like old-timey, not really done anymore, but I always found it interesting and very obviously pseudoscientific. It's somatotype, and somatotypes and constitutional psychology as developed by psychologist William Herman Sheldon in the early 40s. Uh, it's a taxonomy to categorize human physique relative to the contribution of three different elements that he he devised called yeah. somatotypes. He named them from the three types of embryonic cells. Okay. So the categories are endoderm, which were the cells that go on to make the digestive tract, mesoderm, which are the cells that go on to make muscle, heart, and blood vessels, and ectoderm, which are the cells that go on to make skin and the nervous system. I feel like ectoderm is what Slimer is made out of. <laughs> Ectoplasm. Oh, that's it. So constitu constitutional psychology is Sheldon's theory that attempted to tie those somatotypes with temperament types. Okay. Um, it has origins from Galton and eugenics, so poor start. <laughs> uh, he believed that the size and shape of a person's body <clears throat> indicated intelligence, moral worth, and future achievements. Uh, it's one of those, like... Things that crops up a lot in science of the time is yeah dumb things like measuring the size of people's heads with calipers to figure out how smart right. they are. <laughs> and in a late version of like a very pseudoscientific thread within criminology um, that used this mm -hmm. in which criminality is claimed to be an innate characteristic that can be recognized through particular physiognomic markers – doesn't that just sound um, dumb right on the face of it? Right. So in that specific branch, Sheldon contended that criminals tended to be mesomorphic. So let me go over the types here. Ectomorphic mm -hmm. is usually, they're characterized as skinny, weak, usually tall with low testosterone levels. Psychological traits would be they're intelligent, gentle, and calm, but self-conscious, introverted, and anxious. This is also just men they're talking about, isn't it? They mentioned the testosterone things. So they must have right. just be talking about men. Yeah, because women, women don't can't do be crimes. criminals. No, women um, don't do crimes. Mesomorphic 
so what criminals usually are, mm-hmm. uh, according to them, not actually, yeah. characterized as naturally hard and strong with even weight distribution, muscular with weight training, thick-skinned, and as having good posture with a narrow waist. Psychological traits are described as competitive, extroverted, and tough. Endomorphic, characterized as fat, usually short and having difficulty losing weight. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, starting to feel, sound familiar to me. It's uh, that, That's me. Described as outgoing, friendly, happy, and laid back, but also lazy and selfish. Definitely. I mean, that's true. Right. So we, we all know that's like total bunk. Like you, It's like the most dumb stereotypes about people. Right. And there's like so much more to your body type. Yeah. That like people have diseases and, and like health issues that make it hard to lose weight or like, like in my, our case, like easy to gain, hard to lose. Mm -hmm. You might not naturally have been overweight, but you have health conditions that make it easier to be overweight. I feel bad for this guy that he never met a generous fat person, because it seems to me like there's a lot of them. Right. He's like, nope, fat people are selfish. Well, being selfish doesn't mean you're not generous. It just means that you might have ulterior motives. Oh, that's true. But yeah, it's not a very good, it's like, oh yeah, the real fun. It's the way everyone <laughs> thinks of fat people, yeah. right? The real jo- fun, but I mean, they're obviously lazy and Jovial, only care about themselves. lazy people. I mean, that tracks with me, but that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair to everybody. That works for us, but not everyone. <laughs> not all fat people. Hashtag not all fat people. Um, but we we all understand that it, anyone can be any of those things. Intelligent, gentle, calm, self-conscious, introverted, like competitive, extroverted, tough, outgoing, all, yeah. friendly, happy, laid back, lazy, selfish. These traits are distributed across people right. regardless of their body type. Right. Very weird to think of it that way. Right. <sighs> Moving on. <laughs> okay. To the Zodiac and horoscopes. Nice. So, um... Zodiac and horoscopes are personality personality descriptions and divination based on astrology, which is the study of the planets and their movements and alignment. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Scorpio. Scorpio. Yes. That's the coolest um, sounding one. Yeah. So. I think I'm a Capricorn. Yes, you are. Okay. So real quickly, um, some significant traits. This is from horoscope.com. This is where I got all the information from because it was just one easy source. Yeah. Um, they're passionate, independent, unafraid to blaze their own trail no matter what others think. Scorpio signs make a statement wherever they go. They love debates, aren't afraid of controversy. That's not true. <laughs> and won't back down from a debate. They also hate people who aren't genuine. Kind of true. And are all about being authentic, even if authentic isn't pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's definitely you. You have uh, you have said something. you are not pretty. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're not afraid to be not pretty, right? <laughs> no, like judging by what you look like right now. <laughs> some of the shit you've said on here, it's like you, you way you, val- you you value truth over the pretty true. thing to say for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Both yeah. of us are a little bit honest to a fault. Um, Scorpio's greatest gifts. Uh. Basically, they don't beat around the bush. It's not exactly true in my case. Yeah. Uh, not mm, blessed with the deep sense of self, 
always able to say exactly what's on their mind, even if it's not what people want to hear. They're forthright and honest. Mm -hmm. I think they just repeated the same things in three different ways. (laughs) Uh, Scorpio's greatest challenges. Uh, Oh, God, this hurts. It's all right to cry. (laughs) Scorpio tries hard to seem tough, that they sometimes cut off their vulnerable side entirely. Stop talking about me. (laughs) I feel personally attacked by this relatable content. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Scorpio's secret weapon is their empathy. Uh It may not seem this way at first glance, but watchful Scorpio can read a room very quickly and can clue into how everyone else is feeling. Because of this, they can immediately tune into someone who needs TLC and often know the right thing to say or do to change the mood or tenor of a room when it needs to be changed. Watchful Scorpio is a cool band name. Yeah. I I think for me personally, that's somewhat true. But again, very general. Yeah. Like I I found things in there I identified with too. Right. Yeah. Right. I think, um, is is it possible? I I, I never really thought about it this way before. But if there's any value (laughs) to uh, horoscopes, I guess, I guess it's kind of like tarot in a way where like, you're being presented something that can be interpreted many ways. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it might help you to kind of contextualize yourself or like kind of form a narrative for yourself out of this sort of very generic thing. So maybe for people, it just kind of helps them organize how they feel about things that are already happening in their life, you know? Yeah. If yeah. You- I mean, I think especially like daily horoscopes and stuff. Right. Um, or like a daily tarot reading. It, the value of a tarot reading, mm-hmm. if you do it for yourself or someone who knows you really well does it, yeah, is like... Sort of to tell you what you already know. It's that association thing. So if you get a card that like implies something, mm-hmm. whatever your mind associates it with of like what your struggle is or what you need to work on, yeah. well then yeah, that's probably something you need to work on because it's in your like top of your head, right? Yeah. So like if you think that's a problem, then yeah, maybe there is something useful in identifying that and knowing that it's on your mind and you should work on it. It's a Rorschach it's not, test. Right, exactly. But it's not divine you know sure it's just like oh hey you are thinking about this so maybe it's something you should deal with um my daily score my daily scorpio (laughs) (laughs) my daily horoscope for today with today's planetary aspect scorpio you're likely to feel a rush of love this includes love for family friends partner and all life forms the reality of spiritual advancement through love is all around you. That certainly is words. Your artistic <laughs> sensibilities are very high, so you might want to write, draw, or paint something that captures your thoughts and feelings. Hmm. Yeah, you, Dave, are in fact a Capricorn. Yeah. Now you are a cusp baby. You yeah, are that's right. I heard the that last. It's so your birthday is the last date that a Capricorn can be, and so there's always discussion in people who believe these things that like <laughs> cusp babies often have some traits of their sign and some of the one right next to it. But that just further genericizes a right. generic. Thing. I just did your actual sign. Yeah. Um. So Capricorn zodiac sign traits: smart, hardworking. Fully in control of their destiny, Capricorn signs will always get what they set their mind to in both personal and professional life. No excuses. (laughs) Capricorns may get a reputation as stubborn, 
not you, <laughs> but they simply know what they want and also know how they wish other people would behave. Mm. All right. Um, and Capricorn's greatest gifts. Capricorn is intelligent, detail-oriented, and will not take no for an answer when they want something. Their hardworking attitude is an inspiration to all, and they truly believe they can achieve anything with hard work. Mm. Capricorn is always ready to learn new skills and see something they don't know, like changing a tire or boiling the perfect egg, as a challenge they must undertake. This attitude makes them a master of all trades, and they have esoteric knowledge that is impressive to all who know them. See, this is the kind of stuff everyone wants to think about right. themselves. Right. And I was going to say, like, some of that is true for me, too. Yeah. Like, I, I take things I don't know as a challenge, a personal challenge, too. So. Yeah. Generic enough and positive enough for you to be like, yeah, yeah, of course that's me. Why do they never, why do you never read something that's like, Sagittarius is a real piece of shit? Usually, usually Scorpios are like the closest to that I've ever seen. Because it's like you're conniving and you're cold and you're (laughs) mysterious and you draw people in, but you could be a real bitch. And also you're just horny all the time. (laughs) Usually what Scorpios are. Is that what they say? This one was pretty gentle. Okay. (laughs) But um, (sighs) your greatest challenges as a Capricorn. Capricorns can be incredibly hard on themselves and just as hard on other people. They can hold grudges and hold other people in their lives to impossible standards. Oh, man, I feel that. You set some real impossible standards for me. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, I hope I don't. No. Capricorn, I don't think you set any standards for me. You once (laughs) almost let me take home a dirty buttery buttery garbage crab claw from a restaurant because I wanted to. No standards there. Okay, Um, fair enough. Capricorns sometimes see one narrow way of doing something and broadening their horizons and perspective can be incredibly helpful in giving them and others a break. Uh Uh, Capricorn's secret weapon, their tenacity. Mm. They believe that they truly can do anything. They'll dig in and get it done. They've Mm. said that multiple times. Yeah, right. Basically, tenacity. Okay. Um, And your daily horoscope. Today is a great time to form or strengthen romantic relationships. Mm, okay. Capricorn, if you aren't involved, chances are you will meet someone. If you are, well, this is what I want to know. Expect your relationship to develop a new spiritual bond. What the hell does that mean? Um, you want to do peyote? All right. <laughs> new friendships, particularly with people who share your interests, are on the horizon. You don't say you're going to make friends with people who like what you like. I mean, and not complete strangers who don't like anything you like. <laughs> Today, you will make a friend that likes none of the things you like and doesn't <laughs> enjoy talking about the things you like and mostly just wants to get away from you. Today, you will kidnap someone. <laughs> the coming years will be a time when everyone will have to pull together. Of course. Uh, today you get a head start. Wow. Isn't that heartwarming? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm almost certain I'm going to end up spending most of the day playing Pokemon, so I don't really... <laughs> I don't see it, but okay. So, that was that. Yeah. This is uh, kind of one of these... <clears throat> this might be the most common form of like people assessing their personalities is through horoscopes. Yeah. Very unscientific, though. Yeah. So let's talk about human design. Oh, okay. (coughs) So uh, human design was 
originated by Alan Robert Krakauer, also known as Ra Uruhu, which is the name he published the book called The Human Design System in 1992 under, after a mystical experience he had in 1987. It was my birth. Oh, uh, right. Experience. You were the chosen child. Um, it's a self-help method. It's not a religion. Like, there's definitely... They're not, like, pushing any religious thing with it. Um, so I used um, a website called My Human Design with Jenna Zoe. But just to give a little context for what this is, I cut off some of my information, goddammit. But oh. it's basically – it's based on a lot of different things like uh, chakras and I Ching and and – uh, horoscopes and like the zodiac and, and kind all of a kinds grab of things. Bag. Um, but basically, is a way to describe your personality and in like the best way that you should handle situations and what things you should focus on and, and things like that. Okay, one of these um, unlocking human potential kind yeah. of things. So the website again was my human design with Jenna Zoe. Uh, you can get a free assessment, but to learn what everything in the assessment means, you have to buy the videos, sure, which are $35 a piece. But you can get some general knowledge and advice from the free chart, which is what I did for us. Okay. So me first. Hey. <laughs> so it gives you this chart with like a shadow of like a head and an abdomen with like different shapes color different things with numbers in it and then there's like different planetary signs with numbers on them on the outside i didn't even get into what all that means that sure does look like it means something so uh what the chart says though is uh, my type Mm. is that i'm a generator okay and let me read the description of what a generator is (laughs) Pure life force in motion. These people have an attracting aura and a juiciness to their energy. I've always felt like my energy was juicy. I feel like you have juicy energy. They are here to dance with life and engage their energy to move their community forward in a way that is meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. When they're doing what they love, people can't get enough of them. They're also the natural hustlers and doers of society. Common challenge, generators have to listen to their gut and honor their desires rather than saying yes to things they feel they should do. Because of their juicy energy, (laughs) other people will want to use the generator's energy for their own benefit. Everyone's trying to take my juice. You know what? Hold on to your juice. Don't let them take your juice. juice. Keep your juice to yourself. But (laughs) generators have to be lit up and passionate about anything they engage their energy with. Otherwise, they burn out. Mm. I tell generators that unless they feel it's a hell yes, it should become a hell no. Hmm. I kind of think that's just like good advice for anyone. Like if you're not enthusiastic about it and don't really want to do it, then don't fucking do it. Yeah, right. Like if someone asks you for help and your heart's not in it and you're not going to do a good job of it because you don't really give a shit, then just say no. I'm not able to do that. That might be of all the things I've heard here. One of the most general human problems. Like, right. That's that's common challenges to everyone that has ever lived to like, you know, focus on doing the things you want to do and not what everyone else wants you to do. Yeah. So broad. Yeah. Um. 
My authority, which is the way you make decisions, is mm. sacral, which means I listen to my gut. <laughs> sacral. Mm-hmm. I listen to my pelvis. <laughs> Sacralicious? My definition. I'm moving past oh. that. Um, <laughs> definition is split definition. There are two distinct <clears throat> different voices inside your system. Inside you, there are two wolves. Right. <laughs> they are both wolves. You are dead. You are a wolf. Um, I couldn't really get a whole lot of information without paying money right. as to what that means. My profile is the three out of the three slash five, the great life experimenter. Don't really know what that means. Um, there's incarnation cross. Your sign is the sign that shows that you're living your design. So basically the feeling you'll have when you're doing things in line with like who you are and what's important to you is satisfaction. Shut up. No way. Really? Fucking obvious. No way. Yeah. (laughs) You mean to Um, tell me you're satisfied when you're doing things right? No, but listen, (laughs) you're not self-theme, which is the telltale feeling that happens when you're not living your design is frustration. Okay, this is the most generic personality profile I have ever heard. Yes. Who doesn't feel that way? My digestion is closed taste. Don't really know what that means. Your strongest sense is touch, uh, which the description of that basically says, like, whatever your strongest sense is, you should be giving back to the world in that way. So I think I should just be touching people. Um, <laughs> that, that'll allow it. My environment is shores and melting pots, places where multiple different elements or cultures come together. Okay. So that was also all certainly words. What a scam um, to pay $35. Also, <laughs> um, I should make decisions with my gut, as I said, but also I have a defined spleen. <laughs> That's very important. Okay. I have I, splenic authority. I saw that in the chat somewhere. So, okay. So <laughs> I found out about this because someone in a group I'm in on Facebook. Yeah. Responded to someone's thread in part by talking about how she she does this kind of thing and yeah. going on and on about it. And I'm like, whoa, that's a lot. And then telling her that she would guess <sighs> that she has a well-defined spleen and has splenic authority. And I was like, this is the most ridiculous <laughs> phrase I've ever read. And then that was a rabbit hole I fell into. Splenic authority is not an expression I've ever heard before. I yes. mean, I've heard the spleen used as a metaphor, I think, just yeah. for resolve or something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, you know. Yeah. But, no. Uh, splenic authority. So, Dave, do you want to know yours? <laughs> Hit me. Because this is why I texted your mom yesterday to find out exactly what time you were born. Oh, really? Yep. Did she? What time was I born? I'm sure she remembered. Uh, she had to check your baby book, but eleven thirty-two a.m. p.m. p.m. Oh, really? Like almost midnight? Mm-hmm. Huh? I was a late baby. You're a cusp baby and a late baby. I was born. You're on the a cusp very of a day. cusp baby. I'm super, You're super cusp. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so your type. Are you ready? Yeah, let's hear it. You're a generator. 
Just like me. Oh, really? So you get that juicy energy, too. I'm juicy? You're juicy. Oh, I wanted to be juicy, but I didn't want to admit it. So your strategy is responding, which was also my strategy. I don't think I mentioned it, but it mm. was. Um, your authority, so the way you make decisions. Mm-hmm. All the sacral. Ah, uh, I feel it in my sack. <laughs> Am I doing this right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, your definition is triple split definition. There are three distinct different voices inside your system. Okay. There are three wolves inside me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You have even more wolves than I had. Oh, man. I wonder which wolf is going to win. <laughs> I don't know. I hope it doesn't come for me next because <laughs> um, I only have two. I can't fight it off. <laughs> it's true. My army of three wolves defeats um, your army of two wolves. The sign that shows... You that you're living your design, <laughs> satisfaction. Oh, so when I'm satisfied, that's good. You no, know you're doing good. All right, good. Thank you. You're goodness. not self theme, the telltale feeling that happens when you're not living your design. Frustration. I knew it. I just knew it. Your digestion is calm or calm touch. I don't know what that means. Cold. I'm not paying $35 to find out. <laughs> um, your strongest sense is taste. So that's what you should be giving back to the world, which you do. We, When we can be around people, we cook for our friends and okay. things. That makes sense. Your environment is caves, places where you can choose who you're around, such as your home or social settings you have some control over. That Feel one that's checks true out. for you. But also, I feel like most people do better when they're in situations where they can control who they're around. So, also, if you're three wolves, you should be in a cave. You should be in a cave. That's just that's the right very place true. To put three, I didn't even think about that. Three wolves belong in a cave. Yes, we should be in a cave. <laughs> We're oh, in a cave both right of now. Us are in a cave. That's true. We're in, We're the, in the, basement. the basement. This is a cave. So yeah. All right. Well, that was some so pseudo-scientific nonsense. So that's human design. What about or at my least part of it? Um, I, oh, you also have a well-defined spleen. Oh, good. I made note of that. I wanted to know we about We both have splenic authority. Good. We're both juicy with splenic authority. Uh, juicy with splenic authority, authority <laughs> and I feel it in okay, my sack. Okay, okay, okay. Go with me here. Yes. We're going to make goose <laughs> goose chase-themed sweatsuits. <laughs> the back of the butt is going to say juicy. Sure. But the front over the spleen is going to say <laughs> splenic authority. <laughs> I there is a better chance of me uh, jumping in a volcano than wearing those pants. <laughs> All right, that's funny. So that's what what is it called? Human design. Human design. <laughs> so All next right. is enneagram or enneagram of personality. Have you heard of this? Never. I feel like it's picked up steam again in the last couple of years, but it's been around for a while. It's a model of the human personality made from nine interconnecting personality types. Mm. Um, the history and origins are disputed, but most contemporary Enneagram theories derive from the teachings of uh, Bolivian psycho-spiritual teacher Oscar Achazo from the 1950s and Chilean psychologist Claudio Nerano, uh, who was influenced by earlier teachings of personality by George Gurdjieff and the Fourth Way tradition. Okay. I tried to look up what the fourth way tradition was, and it was a lot of... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And it was, like, very hard to distill it down. Yeah. Uh, Enneagram defines... it. Uh, so Enneagram stands for the Greek words for nine and writing or uh, drawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
uh, which represents the symbol that you get with your Enneagram result. Okay. Um, so it defines nine personality types represented by points of a geometric, geometric figure called the Enneagram, which indicates how the personality types are connected. As happens often with things like this, there are different schools of thought. Not all Enneagram teachers are in agreement. Yeah. Um, it's widely promoted in business management as a way to gain insight into workplace interpersonal dynamics. A lot and, of the stuff creeps into business because it's a right. way to sell it. But also in spirituality circles as a path to higher states of being, essence, and enlightenment. So they're they're trying to get the money from both sides. Right, yeah. Um, it's supposed to aid in self-awareness, self-understanding, self-development. They use it. Um, they, like, disseminate the information through seminars, conferences, books, magazines, and DVDs. Mm-hmm. Um, the Enneagram uses some concepts that are generally accepted in theories of personality, but it's widely been dismissed as, like, pseudoscience by actual experts. Right. Um, I took a test from truity.com. Mm-hmm. You had to pay for the more in-depth discussion of your personality, but the actual Enneagram was available. Sure. Um, the f- official Enneagram test on like the official website was $14, but like I'm not paying anything for this. So. Right. Right. Um, so my Enneagram score, I was mostly a nine. Um, I don't know if you want to look at this little graphic here, this like sure. colorful pie chart. Okay. So different slices of the pie <laughs> are longer than others. So that shows you which of each of those parts are you're more of. Yeah. Okay. So, so since I most number nine and then a close second is number one, number two is pretty close. Number four is pretty close. Number five is pretty close. Yeah. A lot of those um, look very similar. Seven is like a medium size, and then three, eight, and six are the smallest, eight being the very smallest. Yeah. Um, so number nine, because that's my closest match. Hold on, I have to make this bigger real quick. Hold on. Yummy. Um, type nine is also called the peacemaker. Nines like to keep a low profile and let the people around them set the agenda. I don't think that really resonates. <laughs> I mean, a peacemaker in general, maybe, like, I don't like conflict, and yeah. I like to, like, I'm diplomatic, but, yeah, but, like... This is another one of those things, though, where it's like, are you can we all find some of the those... things that, that apply to you, and it's easy to dismiss and forget the things that don't. Yeah. You remember the hits, not the misses. Exactly. Um, so, number one, since that was also pretty big, that is... Uh, apparently I cut that part off. Uh, number two was a 93. Oh no, here it is. 90. Number one was a 94% match. Uh, type one can be thought of as the perfectionist. Hmm. Uh, ones place a lot of emphasis on following the rules and doing things correctly. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Kind of, but more out of compulsion than desire. Right. Um, number two, 93% match. Type two can be described as the giver. Twos want to be liked and find ways that they can be helpful to others so that they can be loved and belong. Mm-hmm. I don't like that they're calling me out like this. <laughs> Number four is a 96% match. Type four is known as the individualist. Fours want to be unique and to live life authentically and are highly attuned to their emotional experience. Mm-hmm. Number five is a 96% match. Type five is described as the investigator. Five seek understanding and knowledge and are more comfortable with data than people. I mean, <laughs> we are doing this podcast. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, number three was only a 55% match. Type three is known as the achiever. They want to be successful and admired by other people. They're very conscious of their public image. Uh, six is 55% match. They're also known as the skeptic. So why is that not 99%? Sixes are preoccupied with security, seek safety, and like to be prepared for problems. Mm-hmm. Um, eight was the least with 47%. Type eight is also known as the challenger. Eight see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. Okay, but that's really interesting because the least thing you were was 47%. Right. So it's really not as if you can be like... <clears throat> It, it, it seems like it's set up in such a way that you can actually identify with almost all of them. Well, the point is you have a little bit of all of these in you, but right. it's uh, but it's how they interact and how much oh of God. each you are. You have nine wolves. I have nine wolves inside of me. Did I say what seven is? Seven was an 84% match. It's described as the enthusiast. Sevens right. want to have as much fun and adventure as possible and are easily bored. Okay. I mean, that, that kind of tracks. <laughs> <laughs> but the... Again, there are bits and pieces of this. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee if I took this on a different day, I would get a different result. Probably. Because people are very changeable. Like, yeah. if you were tired and you didn't feel like taking the test, you'd answer differently. If you had just eaten and you were very satisfied, yeah. you would answer differently. Right. If you had a really good day, you would answer differently. I've, I've told you before. I told you today, but like every time I take personality mm-hmm. tests, I get different results. Right. But I, I know there are definitely people who put stock in this mm-hmm. as far as, like, um, for business. It seems to be, like, a big thing. And there's always something people are doing <laughs> for buying into for their business. Yeah, right. It's, like, big group training type things or it's, like, oh, we're all going to figure out what we're like. And it's really just an excuse to stay in a hotel for a couple of days. Right. So the next then and the last that I did was Myers-Briggs personality test. Right. It's a questionnaire indicating different psychological preferences and how people perceive and make decisions. The test assigns four categories <sighs> with two options each. Mm-hmm. Uh, so introversion, extroversion, sensing, intuition, thinking, feeling, judging, perceiving. And the version you took had added a fifth, which yeah. was. I already forget. Uh, but it's like an additional dash something. It was like that's... assertive. Oh, yeah. Assertive and, uh, oh, I can't remember the something other one. Else it was something else. I thought it started like, with the T. It was something like chaos. <laughs> I can't oh, okay. remember. I can't remember. Um, I think it was T. So most of the research in support of Myers-Briggs validity is produced by groups affiliated with Myers-Briggs. Mm-hmm. It's regarded as pseudoscience by many, like a lot of these things. But there's still a lot of people who put stock in it and use it. For determining what career they should choose or all kinds of things. I've taken it in the past. I'm pretty sure I got different results then than I I got now, but I couldn't remember what I had gotten before. Yeah. So you had the same experience. I've had at least three different answers, and that's too many. Frankly, like, I I could see you having a couple (laughs) that you go back and forth between. But if I can get three different results. Again, it just depends on, like, where you are in life at the moment. Yeah. What you're feeling at the moment. Are you, like... Did you have a good day? Uh-huh. Are you tired? Are you angry? Like, right. it's going to change. Um, I'd say of all of the things that we discussed, the ones that have more merit are the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs simply mm-hmm. because you're actually self-reporting something and getting results. And it's not based on like your birth date. Yeah, right. You know, 
and just like features that you physically have. Yeah. Or whether um, you're a uh, cartoon strong man or a cartoon fat person. Right. <laughs> None of that nonsense. So I, I think if any of these have more validity, it would be the Enneagram and Myers-Briggs. Yeah, I could see it. Um, I just don't think it's all that good. It's, yeah, I don't think it's actually <laughs> all that valid. Mm. So mine was ISTJ. That's what I got. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little confused because so it it designated me introverted, but it said 29%. Uh-huh. Oh, I guess it's saying of your whole. You're 29% introverted, 8% sensing, 53% thinking, and 4% judging. So that makes up the whole? That doesn't make 100%. I think what it's saying is you're 20-some percent. Like, like there's 50% would be dead even between the two poles of that. Yeah, but if 29% isn't the majority, then why did they choose introverted for me? Oh, well, you know, is it like I'm 29 percent introverted, but the rest was a total mess. <laughs> I, it might just be that 20, 20 percent is like kind of where you would put the marker between zero and 100 and that low numbers are introvert and high numbers are extrovert. Do you know what I mean? So, Maybe. So if you were 70 some. I don't really know how, how they the, do this. I think it's did you take the 16 personalities? No, I didn't take that one. Okay, That's the one I took. Um, and That's how they, they seem to do it. I took mypersonalitytest.com. Okay. I, I was thinking of taking the 16 personality one, but I didn't take that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my results, and you said you were... I already forget I wrote I it down because I knew you would forget. <laughs> yeah. You were ENFPT, which okay. is that extra one, but we're just going to go with ENFP. Okay. Um... So basically the exact opposite of me, (laughs) which is really funny. Um, So you got extroversion, Mm -hmm. intuition, feeling, and perceiving. So let's talk about what those are. Okay. So extroversion is I like getting my energy from active involvement in events, have a lot of different activities. I'm excited when I'm around people. I like to energize other people. I like moving into action and making things happen. Mm -hmm. I feel home at home in the world, I often understand a problem better when I could talk out loud and hear what others have to say. Yeah. Uh, the following statements generally apply to me. I'm seen as outgoing or as a people person. I feel comfortable in groups like working in them. I have a wide range of friends and know lots of people. I sometimes jump too quickly into an activity and don't allow enough time to think it over. Mm-hmm. Before I start a project, I sometimes forget to stop and get clear on what I want to do and why. Yeah. I would say that those all makes feel, sense for you. Those all feel fairly accurate to me. I mean, also, like, the questions <laughs> they ask you, you're giving the answers to those. So th- it should you should not have a result in these things that surprises you. Right, right. Because, because you, you're self-reporting. Exactly. Like, they specifically ask you things like, do you often start a project and then start another one before finishing the first one? Like, they, yeah. they ask you questions like that. So your answers should not be surprising. Right. Uh, So introversion, which is what I got. I like getting my energy from dealing with the ideas, pictures, memories, and reactions that are inside my head in my inner world. I often prefer doing things alone or with one or two people I feel comfortable with. I take time to reflect so that I have a clear idea of what I'll be doing when I decide to act. Ideas are almost solid things for me. Sometimes I like the idea of something better than the real thing. The following statements generally apply to me. I'm seen as reflective or reserved. 
I feel comfortable being alone and like things I can do on my own. I prefer to know just a few people well. I sometimes spend too much time reflecting and don't move into action quickly enough. I sometimes forget to check with the outside world to see if my ideas really fit the experience. Mm. I think that's like maybe... 60% true for me. I mean, I we obviously have a lot of friends yeah. that are shared and I like spending time with them too. Mm-hmm. But that's a very carefully curated group of friends. <laughs> like yeah, it's all people that don't exhaust me when I'm in a group of them. Yeah. Um but and I say I do okay in a group, I but I don't derive energy from being in big groups mm. generally. Right. Um so the next is sensing, which you, which is me, and intuition, which is you. <clears throat> okay. Uh, so sensing, paying attention to physical reality, what I see, hear, touch, taste, and smell. I'm concerned with what is actual, present, current, and real. I notice facts and I remember details that are important to me. I like to see the practical use of things and learn best when I see how to use what I'm learning. Experience speaks to me louder than words. The following statements generally apply to me. I remember events as snapshots of what actually happened. That's actually kind of true. I solve problems by working through facts until I understand the problem. I'm pragmatic and look at the bottom line. I start with facts and then form a big picture. I trust experience first and trust words and symbols less. Sometimes I pay so much attention to facts, either present or past, that I miss new possibilities. Mm. So intuition, which is what you got paying the most attention to impressions or the meaning and patterns of the information I get. I'd rather learn by thinking a problem through than by hands-on experience. I'm interested in new things and what might be possible so that I think more about the future than the past. I like to work with symbols or abstract theories, even if I don't know how I'll use them. I remember events more as an impression of what it was like than as actual facts or details of what happened. Mm. So, so the thing is, this is one where I'm not really sure that it got me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is also, these are spectrum type things. So right. you can be more or less of something. So I might have fallen on one side of the scale or the other, but not maybe strongly. I'd have to yeah. go back and look at my numbers. But So the following statements generally apply to me. Okay. I remember events by what I read between the lines about their meaning. I solve problems by leaping between different ideas and possibilities. I'm interested in doing things that are new and different. I'd like to see the big picture than to find out the facts. I trust impressions, symbols, and metaphors more than what I actually experienced. Sometimes I think so much about new possibilities that I never look at how to make them a reality. I don't really... That doesn't... Yeah, I don't know. ...sound overwhelmingly like you to me, but... I don't really get it. Right. (laughs) This is one where I'm like, Uh, So the next is thinking or feeling. I was thinking you were feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. I think what we're getting from this is Christy's cold and doesn't know how to process emotions. <laughs> Christy would like to be. Al- and Dave is an open book. <laughs> Christy would like to be alone in a room. <laughs> right. Being uh, being very cold at the world. <laughs> and Dave is uh, like a dog who's running around with nothing in his head, <laughs> licking things. Uh, so thinking when I make a decision, I like to find the basic truth or principle to be applied regardless of the specific situation involved. I like to analyze pros and cons and then be consistent and logical in deciding. 
I try to be impersonal so I won't let my personal wishes or other people's wishes influence me. Following statements generally apply to me. I enjoy technical and scientific fields where logic is important. I notice inconsistencies. I look for logical explanations or solutions to most everything. I make decisions with my head and want to be fair. I believe telling the truth is more important than being tactful. Sometimes I miss or don't value the people part of a situation. I can be seen as too task-oriented, uncaring, or indifferent. It's like way too true. (laughs) I don't see you that way at all. I see myself that way. Maybe not as much now, but I feel like there was a time. It's so funny because just like I don't get that. Maybe that's just because not that's not how we interact. Right. I don't get. I am a real human. Ha 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 ha. Uh, Feeling, which is your result. I believe I can make the best decision by weighing what people care about and the points of view of persons involved in the situation. I'm concerned with values and what's best for the people involved. I'd like to do whatever will establish or maintain harmony. In my relationships, I appear caring, warm, and tactful. The following statements generally apply to me. I have a people or communications orientation. I'm concerned with harmony and nervous when it's missing. I look for what's important to others and express concern for others. I make decisions with my heart and want to be compassionate. I believe being tactful is more important than telling the cold truth. Sometimes I miss seeing or communicating the hard truth of situations. I am sometimes experienced by others as too idealistic, mushy, or indirect. That's probably true. I I think that's more strongly true I feel like that tracks fairly well for you. There are parts of that that I get for me, too, you know. Um, but I, I identify I, with that I one. definitely believe that being tactful is more important than telling the cold truth. Yeah, right. Like, you could tell the truth, but you don't have to be an asshole about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but also, that's just like, those are just very general. Everything is very general. Yeah, right. So the last one that we'll talk about is judging or perceiving. So I was judging and you were perceiving. Mm-hmm. I think it's so funny that we got the exact opposite all the way down. That's <laughs> so silly. Yeah, that is funny. But then, like, again, I've gotten different ones, so... And you didn't know my result beforehand, because you didn't even... I had asked you if you knew what your Myers-Briggs was, but you didn't know... Right, I had to take it again, because I couldn't remember. And I didn't tell you that I had done it and gotten a result, so... (laughs) Um, Judging, which was me, I use my decision-making preference, whether it is thinking or feeling, in my outer life. To others, I seem to prefer a planned or orderly way of life like to have things settled and organized, feel more comfortable when decisions are made, and like to bring life under control as much as possible. Since this pair only describes what I prefer in the outer world, I may inside feel flexible and open to new information, which I am. Do not confuse judging with judgmental in its negative sense about people and events. They're not related. The following statements generally apply to me. I like to have things decided. I appear to be task-oriented. I like to make lists of things to do. I like to get my work done before playing. I plan to work to avoid rushing just before a deadline. Sometimes I focus so much on the goal that I miss new information. I think that's mostly true for me, but I also think it's mostly true for me because I have to do those things to keep my life on track because (laughs) I have to, like, I have to plan a lot. In advance to make sure I actually do things because of just like executive dysfunction. And like if if I don't have a plan and stick to it, then I just won't get anything done. Right. So I don't think it's maybe a personality thing. It's more pragmatic. Because I have to if I want to do anything. Fair enough. Um, 
Yours is perceiving. I use my perceiving function, whether it is sensing or intuition, so yours was intuition, in my outer life. To others, I seem to prefer a flexible and spontaneous way of life, and I like to understand and adapt to the world rather than organize it. Others see me staying open to new experiences and information. Since this pair only describes what I prefer in the outer world, inside I may feel very planful or decisive, which I am. Remember, in type language, perceiving means preferring to take in information. Mm. It does not mean being perceptive in the sense of having quick and accurate perceptions about people and events. The following statements generally apply to me. I like to stay open to respond to whatever happens. I appear to be loose and casual. I like to keep plans to a minimum. I like to approach work as play or mix work and play. I work in bursts of energy. I'm stimulated by an approaching deadline. Sometimes I stay open to new information so long I miss making decisions when they're needed. Mm. I think that mostly applies to you. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, that that's the Myers Briggs. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit for everybody and all of them. Yeah, and that's how all of these work. I'm trying to remember what I think that they called it because sixteen personalities <laughs> has like a little caricature for each of these, right? Mm-hmm. They like kind of. They create like a little archetype for each one. Mm -hmm. And the one that I was assigned today is something called the campaigner. Mm -hmm. And I don't really, I mean, it's basically all the stuff you just said, but they they have like a little dude climbing a mountain like, oh, (laughs) you're going to, I don't know. That doesn't, (laughs) that's not me. But I don't know. I climbed a mountain once. Mm -hmm. It was not a real mountain. It was like uh, going up into the mountain slowly, but I kind of went up most (laughs) of a mountain. Good. I hiked in the woods. Yes. Yeah. So I, I, guess, I guess. You're downgrading it. Yeah. <laughs> but I did climb in elevation quite a bit. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm so that yeah, guy. That's obviously you. <laughs> and you should base all decisions based off of that one thing. <clears throat> right. Um, so in conclusion, personality tests and the ways we find to explain why we do. And so I meant to write why we do what we do, but I just wrote to explain why we do <laughs> are probably mostly bunk, but also they're fun. Yeah, Sometimes right. it's fun. And I think there is some value in like. Even the less scientific ones about it. Yeah. yeah. And self-assessment, especially things that are like that force you to like, like you said, the suggestion of like tarot. Yeah. Like doing something like that for yourself. Right. Or like doing a daily exercise of like what's important to me today or what makes me happy today or what is something I feel like I'm struggling with right now and forcing yourself to react quickly and honestly. Mm -hmm. Anything that challenges you like that is Uh just a good way to bring up like what's on your mind and maybe be mindful. Mindfulness, I think, is what I'm getting at, is important. And introspection and thinking about these things. Even when you read a horoscope that you don't really agree with, don't you still kind of come out of it like, no, actually I'm more like this or I care right. more about this. You've you still, still thought about. You've just thought about something that you otherwise wouldn't have thought about and kind of put it on right. the front of your mind. Right. You've like reoriented your personal compass. A little yeah. Bit. Right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that it's good to do that sometimes. I think being mindful is good. I think caring about how you come off to others and how you feel internally is a good thing. Yeah. Not to the point of like obsession or it's all you care about or the only way you make decisions about the world. And I don't think you should be strict about it and be like, well, this 
test said I'm this way, so this is what I should do based on that. Right. But it, they're just kind of fun. They are just kind of fun. I don't have a lot of beef with them until people start using these things to, say, charge $35 a video. Right. That's the part that's Jerk wads. Like, it's like people, people start to believe in this and rely on it to choose what to do in their life. Yeah. And then they... You actually paying lose money. You lose some agency, don't you? Right. You actually kind of are giving up a bit of your own decision making faculties, you know, if you get too involved in this stuff. So Right. Yeah. It's good to be self-aware, but don't outsource your sense of self to, you know, four letters on a page. Yeah. Be your own be your own person. Absolutely. Be who you want to be. Yeah. couldn't be that serious (laughs) Uh, well that's nice uh that was an interesting that that little fart noise (laughs) yeah that little fart that's nice oh boy that's the episode ending fart noise uh did you hear that (laughs) we're being farted out of the room it's time to go (laughs) (laughs) oh boy there it is that's that room clearing fart it's time to go um we joke that one day it's gonna happen. I, one of these dogs are gonna do it. <laughs> the dogs are trying to fart us out of this room. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of it. They're trying to fart us out of house and home. <laughs> uh, anyway, I guess that's an episode. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that one. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, I learned some things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure I'm gonna take a Myers Briggs again in a month to get a different result. Yep. But we'll see. I'm actually curious to see what happens if I take it again, like right now. Yeah. Um. But anyway, I do think it's funny that you got the exact opposite of me. <laughs> Every category. That's yeah. so weird. Yeah, it's really silly. That's funny because I think of us as so similar. I do, too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it just goes to show like two sides of a coin and you have many characteristics right. of each. You know? Inside of you, there are eight wolves <laughs> and uh, they are all at war with each other. Yes. Uh, and my wolves will battle your wolves at some point. All right. Yeah. I'm just waiting. Uh, thank you, Christy, mm-hmm. for a good episode. You're very welcome. You did a good job. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, thank you out there for listening to another Goose Chase. Goose Chase. We will see you in a few more weeks with another episode. Until then, have fun. Enjoy your life. I don't know. Do what you do. Do something. Do something. Take personality tests. Tell us what you got. <laughs> yeah, right. Tell us what you got. Tell us if you have splenic authority. Right. We need to know about your spleen. We are taking an informal survey of spleens, so please contribute to our spleen survey. This has been Spleen Corner. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening as always. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If you have any topics you'd like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do on the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Google Play. Want to go on a goose chase? Ooh, yes. 